Hi, this is Farah Osbeck. Welcome back to Mil- uh, Military Law and Life Matters podcast. I'm happy to be back with you today. Um, this is part four. Yeah, we're already on part four, our military discharge upgrade series, where I'm going to just go over the process. I've been going over the different aspects of the case. What do you need to even think about upgrading your discharge? So if you've just listening to this now, go back and re, uh, listen to the others to kind of get an idea of how you can do this, or at least you can determine what you need to even think about trying to do this or to see if you have a case or not. I mean, not everyone who gets a discharge that's not honorable um, really may not have a case, but this will give you at least a starting point to do that. So the last podcast I talked, it was mainly about which board you go to, right? So there's two boards, the Discharge Review Board or Board for Correction of Military Records. The last podcast, part three, I talked mainly about the Discharge Review Board um, and then told you the difference. You got 15 years for the Discharge Review Board and then for the BCMR. So if you miss that 15-year deadline, you go to the BCMR. And I went over the form. So today I'm going to go over the BCMR, um, the form you will use and how do you fill it out and just some other little nuances of this. Um, as I've said previously, I've done cases, I think, equally as many for the BCMR as well as the DRB. So just to first tell you, the, di- the main difference between the BCMR and the DRB, other than you don't have a right to a hearing. There is a place on the form you could say, I want a hearing, but it's probably not going to happen. Very unusual where they request you to come. I mean, so don't even count on it. Most cases, I just check that box um, or tell the client to check it just in case there's something that comes up, but it's pretty pretty much not going to happen. Very rarely do they call you to the hearing. So um, Board for Correction of Military Records, that's the name for all the different uh, services for the Army, the Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. Actually, for the Navy, they call it the Board for Correction of Naval Records as opposed to military records. So that's the difference. That's like the BCNR. So if you don't have the form, you may want to pull one out and follow along. But let's go to the DD Form 149. So you will notice on the top of the form, it says Application for Correction of Military Records. Just so you know, um, it doesn't apply just to upgrades. They are a board that do any kind of change. I mean, you could basically do a, a an application saying, I have a GOMAR in my records that needs to be removed. It was illegal. It was unfair. It was unjust. I have a Article 15, non-just punishment, which was unjust. There's a, a error on my DD-214. They did not mention that I was served in Afghanistan, and I've got the you know, Afghanistan campaign medal or you know, I was in Iraq, et cetera, you know, just different changes or correction, something's wrong. It could be anything. It could be, there's a uh, error with my GI bill. I actually transferred it, but it doesn't show that it was transferred to my dependents. And now I can't use the, my kids can't use the GI bill. So honestly, oh, oh, like actually they'll get stuff like, oh, I should have been promoted. It was illegal. My promotion, you know, they had my dates of service wrong. I mean, anything under the sun you can think of, if you need a change in your records, that's where you go to. And one of them is also upgrading your military discharge. We say upgrade is also obviously changing it, right? Upgrade is from general to honorable or OTH to general, but it's like a change in the entire form. So I went over last time, this is if you've been discharged and it's been over 15 years, boom, you go to the BCMR. I'm just going to say BCMR to make it short, Board for Correction of Military Records, just so I don't have to keep repeating that over and over. Um, 
Okay, so there's two circumstances you would go there. One, if you went to the DRB, you did a document review, you lost. You went to in person as well, you lost. Now you have no chance to go to the DRB. Now you go to the BCMR. Um, so that's what we have. So let me just go over block one. Block one in the form is where you put your branch of service, your name, your pay grade at discharge. Again, if you don't know that, you get it off your DE-214, your social security number, your present status with respect to the armed forces. If you're a veteran and you're trying to change your discharge, it's discharge, right? That's why you're doing it. Now, it all, you know, it also says active duty, et cetera, because as I said, you could be on active duty and trying to correct something dealing with a promotion or regarding an award that's not on your DD2, well, not on your DD, in your records. So that's why it has all those other statuses on there. Um, type of discharge, general, honorable, OTH, court-martial, BCD, that's what you put there. Date of discharge, you know, when you were released from active duty, put that, that's on your D214. Num okay, so block five, I request the following error and justice in the record to be corrected as follows. So remember when I was talking about the discharge review board and I discussed how the issue is you, you can't just say, please upgrade it. You have to show an inequity or impropriety. In the BCMR, it's exactly the same thing. They just use different terms. It's either error or injustice. Honestly, it's the same thing. So legal error is the equivalent of <coughs> impropriety. And that's, again, there was either a legal error, something was not done correctly, they didn't follow the regulation or the instruction, something more legal, procedural, they did not do correctly. So they call it error. I, mean, I, I refer to it as legal error. And in, in the discharge review board, it'd be inequity. I mean, uh, impropriety. Injustice is when we say in the DRB, inequity, unfair. This was unfair. It was unjust. It was unjust because, you know, I had a fail to go. I was late twice, but there was a good reason for it. And they discharged me. It was only five minutes. Other people did the same thing. And I'm just throwing out things. But, you know, something was unfair about my discharge. In this injustice per portion, it would also include, I, I use the injustice for cases involving where there's new DOD guidance, which will go over the DOD guidance, the CURTA memo that talks about PTSD that now gives veterans another new avenue to argue, for example, you know, PTSD, I had PTSD in service, that caused me to do things I wouldn't have normally done. It was definitely a nexus for me using marijuana. Again, that that's under the injustice. That's one of the things under injustice. So for this block, I always put C attachment. I, I'm not gonna not enough room in that little one and a half inch block, or even on this next page. Actually, this doesn't have a next page. Yeah, I just put C attachment, and I put um, the error injustice or both of them on the attachment. I do not include it in this block. I just see attachment. So. Um, Actually, you know what I just discussed with you? That's in block six. That's where you say it, it, error injustice as in the attachment. Block five is actually, if I read it correctly, it says, I request the following error to be corrected. What are you correcting? So I want my DD-214 to be corrected so that um, my OTH is upgraded to a general. My OTH is upgraded to an honorable. I want my narrative reason of misconduct, serious offense to be changed to secretarial authority. So what you're asking to be corrected is there. You could type it there. In all of my cases, I always, when I do a case, or if you're doing a case and you want to write your personal statement of why you're asking for this, you could CC attachment. I mean, just like you could put everything in the attachment. You don't have to bother typing it in there. 
All right. So, and we're going to go over those type of issues later, but I'm just going over the form at this point. Okay. So block six, a is, is this a request for reconsideration of a prior appeal? So generally, if you went to the BCMR and you got a, a negative answer, they did not grant your appeal, uh, your, yeah, your request, you could actually have, you, you would say yes, and then you would put your docket number. You could appeal it, but it has to be based on new information. You cannot send a request to, like, let's say, the Air Force Board for Correction Military Records and say, you did not grant my request. I'm asking you to look at it again. You have to provide them something new and material, like something new. Oh, I got new medical records that show I had PTSD. I never knew this before. I didn't have this witness statement before, and this is very relevant to my case. So please see my attached witness statement that goes directly to the crux of the discharge. So you get my point. That's where you would say, okay, I'm appealing it based on new things. It's not, please look at this again. You were dead wrong on your answer. Okay. This is very important. Now we're going to block, um, seven. Oh, Actually, yeah, block seven is organization approximate day at the time the alleged er error occurred. Okay, so this is, for example, you were discharged in 2000 it, and, um, you know, it was unjust. That's your that's your um, basis and, and you couldn't apply to the DRB because you were the 15-year point. So the error occurred in 2000, right? Now, block eight is very important, discovery of alleged error and justice. So in these cases, you for the Board for Correction of Military Records, technically you have only three years to file your application from the date of discovery when you discover the injustice. So let's say just, for instance, you were discharged in 2000, you knew it was unjust then, and you didn't file it until 16 years later you would have to say, um, you would say, yeah, I discovered it in 2000, but if you don't look at this case, uh, you know, it's really in the interest of the board to look at my discharge application, even though three years have passed, it's in the interest because of X, Y, and Z. So you have, you can't just leave that blank. It's, it's been over three years. You have to have an explanation as to why, even though you discover the error, more than three years ago, it's in the interest of the board. It's in the interest of justice. Like justice will not occur unless the board looks at my application. When this is the case, I, I put C attachment because it's usually not a two sentence. It's not a, like a three word explanation. So I have an explanation after talking to my client of why they waited. A lot of times this could be, I'll give you a very good example of why it's been over three years. There's a lot of cases, influx of cases due to the PTSD, the DOD guidance, the Curta memo, the Wil the um, Wilkie memo, the Carson memo. There's all these memos that came out in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, and they give a they now give a new basis for people to argue for an, an injustice because it says this DOD memo says to the boards that if a veteran has an application now based on the fact that they had either PTSD, TBI, or any mental health condition that is related to their misconduct boards, you need to look at this, right? Well, guess what? That stuff didn't come out till 2014, 12. I, I don't remember. So you couldn't have even made that argument. So if that's a basis, you could say, well, I just heard about this. I didn't even know about this until this month when a friend of mine, you know, mentioned, hey, do you, have you heard about the Curta memo? Or I heard a podcast about this, or I read something online. 
So that's a very good reason why you wouldn't have known this right when you were discharged. Or you could have another, you know, you were just too busy with life, you were working. I mean, just be honest and tell them. I will say they're really liberal in granting that when waiving it because they want to see, like they would, Obviously, the boards want to see if there's some injustice to correct it, and they're not going to know that unless they look at your application. So they're not going to just say, oh, three years, not going to look at it, even though I saw one case where they denied it based on the three years, but they still looked at the application and they thought it was unjust. I mean, they didn't find it to be unjust. They denied it anyway. And they also added as a reason that it was three years had passed as like another reason to kind of like, hey, we're not granting this, but by the way, it's been over three years. So they added that. But in the discharge cases, I honestly have never seen a case where the board says, BCMR said it's been over three years. We're not looking at it. They always look at it because they feel if there's a case, they want to, you know, if there is a case where it's unjust, they want to upgrade it. You know, they want to change it. So that's my take from, you know, doing this where they, you know, they typically waive it. So that shouldn't be something to hold you back. Um, as I said, if you don't have a case, they might cite that, but if you have a case, they're not going to deny it because three years has passed in my professional opinion. Now I can't, you know, the board might, I mean, I can't guarantee that, but generally they don't for at least discharge upgrades. Okay. So I went over that big explanation about the discovery. Uh, the, the main point is take away, like, don't ignore that. You got to address it. Okay, nine, in support of this application, I submit the following. Okay, so you're not going to probably have room to put that there. You could see see attachment. So every application, you're going to have attachment. For example, I give you the PTSD example. Well, now you have your medical records as an example, as an attachment. Portions that show you had PTSD or that you had depression or major depression or anxiety or your VA records showing after you were discharged, you went to the VA and they're like, oh, wow, yes, you definitely had PTSD or they discovered TBI or you had any other mental health uh, condition. It's not just PTSD. I mean, for a long time, people thought it just involved PTSD. It's not just PTSD. It could be any mental health condition, which you could have even if you were not deployed. So it's not just people who were deployed into Afghanistan, Iraq, and ended up with PTSD. It could be any mental health condition that you had. Or you have a witness statement. You know, my discharge was unjust because um, I really didn't do this. And I have three witnesses to, to say that I didn't do it. It was someone else just as an example. So those would be attachments, right? Evidence, what you need to convince the board because it's the onus is on you. The burden is on you. They're not going to go dig up records to try to figure out if your case was unjust. They just can't do that. You have to show them and they will look at it and determine if it was unjust. Okay. So that's block nine. Oh, here 10. That's, I desire to appear before the board. Yeah. That's probably not going to happen, but you know, I, there could be cases they absolutely need you there. But if you don't want it, you could just put no. But if you want to have that chance of perhaps if there's an opportunity, you could put yes. I actually put yes for all of my clients. You know, you just never know just in case, even though I don't think they're going to grant it, I put yes. If you have a counsel representing you, um, usually they're the ones filling this out. But the counsel puts their name and address, their phone number and email in block 11. Um, this is again for the council or whoever's helping you. E, I would like all electron documents sent to me electronically. I always say yes. So if you're, you know, I don't, yeah, I'd rather get things by email rather than snail mail, <laughs> rather by mail. I mean, sometimes they send you things in the mail, but I prefer to get it electronically. So I always put yes there. 12. Okay, 12 is if the applicant, the veteran himself, him, himself or herself is not doing this because it could be 
because the person died. Um, I've had instances where the parents filed an application for their child, their son. So that would be uh, next of kin. And then you have to, person would have to provide evidence of, uh, you know, how they're related, et cetera. You can't just like do one and not show that you have some interest or the spouse can do one for their spouse. And you just attach that. If that's usually not the case, 13, it's like the person puts their address, their phone number, email, fax number if you want in block 13. And then block 14, that's where you sign it. Again, it can be done electronically a lot of times. Some people can't do that based on their computer. Um, and then you sign it. So that's when you're done with the whole thing. Like, so don't do that until you do your memo too, right? So you, at the end, you can fill out the beginning portion, but don't sign and date it until you finished everything, right? So I usually don't even fill out this form until I have everything done for a client. Um, obviously, you could fill out the beginning portions, but you don't want the client to sign it until it's all done. So that's the form here. Um, let me go over just a few other things. I think so. The main thing, as I said in the last podcast, part three, where you send this, page two of this form has the addresses. The Army, it's again in Crystal City, the same building. It's in Arlington. It's in Crystal City. It's a really neat area. It's actually where, like, the Amazon headquarters, by the way, as an aside, it's a lot of hustle and bustle there. It's like right, literally right there, like where Amazon headquarters is going to be. It's pretty cool. Um, the area, it's like just this big building. It's not at like a military. Well, there's military offices there, um, including the Army Review Boards Agency, but it's like some office building. It's not like a military looking building. Uh, the Navy and Marine Corps, that's in Arlington, but it's in a different location. Um, Arlington, Virginia and Courthouse Road. For the Coast Guard, it's in um it's actually the Department of Homeland Security does these, the Board for Correction Military Records. It's not the same place. It's not the Coast Guard. It's the Department of Homeland Security's, um, that office, Office of General Counsel. And for the Air Force, remember I told you it's at Andrews Air Force Base, but do not mail it to Texas. This form, the DD-149, I checked it online. The current version is December 31st, 2017. I checked the DOD uh, online forms. I always go there to don't, like, if you just Google it, honestly, like, forms like 2013 pop up, right? But I tend to like to go to the DOD website because you'll know you'll have the current version there. It still says um, Texas there for the Air Force. Don't send it there. Send it to Randolph. Uh, send it to Andrews Air Force Base, Selmers Lane. Just Google um, Air Force Discharge Review Board or Board of Correctional Military. On their website, it will actually have the address. So it's at Selmers Lane. This whole change happened. I mean, it was last summer. I'm trying to think when it was. Has it been? I mean, it's been at least six months ago, and it caused a little bit of a you know, they were forwarding applications. If you didn't know, if you just based on the form, you would have sent it to Texas and hopefully they forwarded your application. So don't send it to Randolph, send it to um, Andrews Air Force Base. But that's this form, right? That's the form you use, the DG-149. The takeaway is, again, make sure you put when you discuss, discover the alleged um, error or injustice, don't leave that blank. Um, you can put it on the attachment, put the date you discovered it. Again, we're going to go over like 
what error injustice is, but I told you it's the same as for the DRB, the same exact analysis. So don't think these two boards, like they look at different things. They look at the same thing. Was there an error, like legal error, or is there it was just unfair, unjust? They look at that, right? And you're going to have that all in your attachment. The second thing that's important, the difference is the discharge review board, you have a right to a hearing where you do not have a right to a hearing at the BCMR. You could ask for one. It's probably not going to happen, but you don't have that right. That's why it's always good. You want to try to do these before the 15 year point. If you can, like, obviously if, you know, some people wait 20, 30 years, but they still might have a case, but it's better to have the option of going to the discharge review board. And as I said, the, this board, the BCMR, they have the same analysis, same exact, they look at all the different principles, but they also look at all types of applications. So if there's something else in your records, like some clients say, oh, they didn't have my ribbon, my this, my overseer, you know, you go to, the, they correct it. They're like the Supreme Court for the correction of military records. They can look at anything. They do applications. I mean, I don't personally do those types of cases, but if someone was thought they should have got a medical retirement, right? Like they didn't, they, I should have had an MEB. They knew that the military, um, Air Force knew that I had something wrong with me, very serious. I should have been referred to an MEB. They didn't do that, knowing I did at the time have this issue. And by the way, you know, I did. Later, the doctors told me I had the serious issue, and that would have entitled me to an MEB, which would have entitled me to a medical retirement. Again, I personally don't do those cases, but there are attorneys who do. And if you have that type of case, it goes to the BCMR. Um, you know, these are all very difficult cases. I think the key in these retirement cases, just as an aside, because I'm on the subject, is just one thing you should know is if you were like, let's say discharged from the military, then you went to the VA and the VA said, wow, 10 years later that you have all these issues. The fact that the VA then determines you have either PTSD or some other very serious medical condition does not automatically mean you're going to get a military retirement because the key for those type of cases, this is from talking to people who do these cases and one person in particular, who's an expert he told me the key in these cases is they the board looks at did the Air Force or the Army or the Navy at the time when you were in know about your condition. If they did not know about your condition, if did they know, it's, is it in your medical records? It's very clear. So if they did not know, they cannot, the boards don't say, well, they should have known because they didn't know. You didn't, let's say you never went to the doctor and it was never diagnosed. So the fact that you later were diagnosed, that does not then entitle and trigger you a medical retirement. So it's a little bit of a nuance there. But, you know, if you have those type of questions, you could talk to people who do those type of, I mean, it's attorneys who do those type of cases, but it's uh, very specific. And you may or may not have a case. You, you should certainly talk to someone. But that's the key. The, the military, the Air Force, Army, Navy should have known by the records, in your, your medical records or any other thing that you had this medical condition. They should have known because they had it and they didn't refer you to an MEB, etc. If you don't have any evidence of this mil this medical issue at the time, nothing, no, you know, no evidence of it anywhere, then it's kind of like, well, how would they have, what, where was the error in justice? Because there's, they didn't know about it, you know? So that's kind of the thought process behind that. So I think actually that wraps it up for this portion, as far as the form, um, in the subsequent ones, we're going to like talk about, okay, now get into the nitty gritty of, okay, what type of error in justice could there be? And how do you actually do your application? Like, what do you write? How do you explain it? What attachments do you need? We're going to talk about that all step by step. 
But that is it for now. Signing off. Uh, In the meantime, never, ever give up because there is always hope. And I look forward to talking to you next time.